we're here uh, doing a pre-record at Liberty Hall backstage. So a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes. Showbiz. In this very changing room, the Spice Girls played their first ever gig in Dublin when they supported none other than Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I need some love like I never needed love before. Gonna love to you, baby. Kirk Cobain's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? I said the Space Girls. <laughs> Not the Spice Girls. <laughs> anyway, see you later, folks. Yeah, we've got a Leinster heavy show tonight. We've got Fergus McFadden. Got Dan Levy. And we've got Megan Williams. We'll see you all later. Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. Together with Guinness. You're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, live from Liberty Hall. Also on Joe, together with Guinness. How's the Guinness? Good Guinness? Good Guinness. I'm Barry Murphy. This is the one and only Andrew Trimble. <laughs> would, it, would it be more popular if I arrived in an Ulster jersey? Did this add to the drab tone in the room? <laughs> Just in jest. Uh, I came up with the idea. I said, Baz, listen, I've got a great idea. You're going to wear a Celtic jersey. I'm going to wear a Rangers jersey. I'll pick them up in town today. Yeah, I think we should make actual clear for our listeners that we're actually wearing a Celtic and a Rangers jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm holding on to the fact that they still like me. <laughs> Why, why did you decide for us to do this again? Well, just obviously with the, the week that's in it, and um, I thought it would be a good opportunity with the, the cup final, the league final being at Celtic Park this weekend for us to celebrate our cultural and religious differences. <laughs> I, did, I, I did float the idea of me wearing Celtic and you wearing Rangers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I did, I did feel like wearing this, I would kind of look like a, a Leinster fan for the week that's in it, right? But then he suggested, well, why don't you wear like an orange sash and, <laughs> and I'll, I'll dress up as the Pope. And I was like, no, we'll stick with the Raiders Celtic jersey. So when I picked these up today, um, that one fitted perfectly. And this one's kind of a bit baggy and ugly. And... I, I would have I would have completely overthrown my Protestant upbringing just to wear a nicer fitted jersey. Hold on, hold on. Your microphone is allergic to that jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I today was a unique experience for me. I went into the Celtic shop and got a Celtic jersey, and I didn't know where the Rangers shop was in town. <laughs> And I asked the person working at the Celtic shop for directions to the Rangers show. <laughs> he says, no one's ever asked that before. And to be fair to Leo Collin, uh, I think he, uh, he, he, he wasn't really saying what people thought he said when he said that about, uh, about the Rangers fans, who mostly Glasgow fans. But um, I think he was more concerned about the lack of people that potentially wouldn't fly for Leinster at the weekend 
Trimby suggested it might be because the Spice Girls concert is on in Croke Park on Friday night. <laughs> Most of them might be at that. Yeah, in the, the Venn diagram of Leinster supporters and Spice Girls supporters, I think there's a massive <laughs> crossover. Any Spice Girls fans in the house tonight? Yeah. I got a bigger cheer than us. <laughs> you no, know, I did a little bit of research there into the Spice Girls and they've kind of sold out a little bit. They've, they've got old, they're having this reunion, they've become kind of sticklers for the rules. So at Croke Park this weekend, there are to be no umbrellas, no alcohol, no selfie sticks, no flares. The dangerous type or the, the ones that you wear? <laughs> no glasses. No Ric Flares. No, <laughs> no glasses, no cans, and no garden furniture. <laughs> so if there's any Leinster supporters, we're going to go to the Spice Girls and bring some garden furniture. <laughs> you may as well make your way to Celtic Park. They've, al they've also said that they're inviting uh, Theresa May to their London gig which further proves how uncool they are, unless they bring her out on stage and get her to do that little dance thing that she, that she was doing. Yeah, they used to hang out with Robbie Williams. Either hanging out with Theresa May. That'll be us. If, if, if this season, um, if this dies a death, then we're going to have a reunion in 20 years' time, and we're going to invite Neil Francis. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's our Theresa May. <laughs> Only not as cool. Uh, rugby news this week. George Schmidt retired at the tender age of 98 years young. 101 tests, 111 tests for Australia, 164 Super League games, uh, three World Cups. Uh, he could have gotten a lot more caps, but he was, I think he went off fighting for the Allies in World War II at the time, so. Now he's, he's a veteran of three World Cups and two World Wars. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, serious achievement for him. Massive fan. Yeah, I think you've got a little bit of a, a George Smith vibe about you. You've got that kind of alternative thing going. You've got the nose piercing. And George Smith talked there during the week about his first day um, arriving at training, wearing flip-flops, um, board shorts, um, the dreadlocks, and he's kind of got that alternative vibe. He's got a little bit of a Baz vibe, only he's like way more successful and physical. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine him fighting in World War II, going over the top, like tripping on his flip-flops. <laughs> I'd have been just in the trenches, just with his twisted ankle. Save me, George. Save me, George. In other news, Connacht have announced... Any Connacht fans in the house? <laughs> Unreal. Welcome. <laughs> Connacht have announced a 30 million euro uh, redevelopment of the sports ground, finally which is incredible. Um, so the way these teams kind of play on uh, parts of their stadiums, that might bring them a little bit of an advantage, like Glasgow, for, for instance, with their 4G pitch, makes it a, a lot faster for them to play on. I reckon with the sports ground, Connacht could get one of the roofs that you can close over, and on just like a rare day when it's not raining in Galway, <laughs> they could close the roof and have like, invest maybe 10 million of that into a big giant, a hailstone machine <laughs> and a wind machine that causes like 40 miles an hour winds that blow straight across into your face and it's only, point, it's only pointing in the direction of the opposition team as well. The, the IRFU are like, yeah, we sort of con out with 30, 30 million there. They're like, they spent it on hailstones and wind. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took so long. So Connor supporters, wait, what year is it in Galway these days? <laughs> 
1942. Uh, in other news this week, um, the what do you call the Formula One driver who died, Nicky? What do you call the Formula One driver? <laughs> You've no idea how excited he was about that joke, like. <laughs> He told me that 20 times, and then he, then he went through that, that part where he doubted himself. No, it's too soon, it's too soon. But. And when I, was, I was like, trying to get into character. I was like, what do you call the Formula One? And it was painful. <laughs> Baz was like, it'll be great out there. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It's the, it's the Rangers thing, isn't it, still? <laughs> uh, anyway, listen, thanks so much for coming along. This has been uh, a very enjoyable seven months. Uh, we've just been sitting down every Monday morning, talking complete rubbish, and you clowns are still loving it. <laughs> <laughs> so we started off at the Guinness um, Brewery. Um, we had 70 people um, in November, the week Ireland beat the All Blacks, famously, for the second time. Uh, then we went to Belfast for the Empire and we filled that, 200 people. Uh, that was all, all my friends and family, really. <laughs> and now we're here at, um, what's this place called? <laughs> Carnegie Hall. <laughs> we got 400 people in Carnegie Hall, so um, it's uh, been brilliant. Thanks so much for being there. I was chatting to Joe Malloy, actually, of all people, a competitor of ours. And he says, if they're still listening, they must love it. So thank you so much for being very, very supportive. It feels like, it feels like we're a soap, like EastEnders or something. Like nothing ever really happens. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we just turn up and keep talking. Just, just two characters, just the two of us. What a um, shit soap. Oh, there is. Just the, the two characters, yeah. yeah. The, the... <laughs> The odd bit of controversy when one of us is sleeping with Pat. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's Pat Butcher. <laughs> Are you so, sleeping with Pat? Yeah, I'm sleeping with Pat. Are you sleeping with Pat? I'm sleeping with Pat. We're both sleeping with Pat. Yeah, we need to work on um, on, on our episode endings, but um. Yeah, they, they, they need to definitely involve both of us sleeping with him. <laughs> he Make, loves it. Making love. In, Not yeah. tonight, though. We're down the pecking order. He'd rather sleep with Levy, surely. <laughs> he loves Levy, doesn't he? He I absolutely do. loves Levy. He's so close. Yeah, well, look, we, we won't delay anymore. He's so nearby. On tonight's show... We are looking ahead to the Guinness Pro 14 final between Leinster and Glasgow Warriors at Celtic Park this weekend. We'll be joined by three lovely people that all play for Leinster and Ireland, Dan Levy, Fergus McFadden and Megan Williams. We have a very special prize to give away later in the show, so to be included, I want you all to tweet a picture during the show and include the hashtag, hashtag House of Rugby Live. Pat will select the best before the end of the show and any questions for us or our guests to just fire away. Okay, so right, let's get to it. Um, first, of us, uh, first of all, joining us on stage is um, Dan Levy. At the age of 23, he won a Guinness Pro 14 title 
Champions Cup and was a Grand Slam winner. He's been spoiled rotten so far <laughs> in his career by himself. Uh, Will Greenwood compared him to Richard Hill and called him an Irish rugby invincible. Well, he's got a knee brace on tonight and he's looking... <laughs> <laughs> he's looking... What's, what's the opposite of invincible? <laughs> looking pretty invincible. <laughs> anyway, Dan Levy, please join us. We had to... Uh, Dan, it's great to have you. Look, you're making Pat blush. <laughs> hey, Dan. Wave, it, hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Having a good time so far? Yeah. Um, Trimby got a shot in at, while I was backstage there. So, uh, one nil. One nil. Uh, Dan, um, Dan actually thought this was a, a Shakhtar or a Hearts jersey. I thought it was Hearts. Uh, I think Celtic are playing Hearts in the final of um, some football. I, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> the same day as the final Pro 14 final, though. So there's a bit of, I think the, they'll be down a few neutrals anyway at the ground. So I thought that was some kind of joke there, but I'm wrong. It, it, listen, it was a worse joke than that. <laughs> I wish it was uh, that joke. I know. That stinger was good, though, for me, because I was like, okay, I, the bar is low here, so I can... It's only going up for me. Don't you worry. Only you can say what up. you want. Um, yeah. So it's, it's birthday week, then? Birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Any plans? Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I've survived till I was 25. Um, gone out for a birthday meal, chill out with the family, you know, the usual. Um, 25, getting on now, it's pretty... Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a great day, it's not a great day. Are you a fan of the show? You could be going Never for another 70 it. years if you're like George Smith, man. You'd be grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You'll have no. enough. And are you familiar with, with Bas and Andrew's House of Rugby? I haven't watched it. <laughs> Good honesty. Most people just totally bullshit us and are like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're a fan of the show. But yeah, what about standards? Do you watch standards? No. <laughs> no. No, they're on at the same time, so I thought you would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the you other feel really, like yeah. a new character that's been added to EastEnders, or EastEnders team soap opera here. So. Have you ever slept with Pat? <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't. No, <laughs> just to clear it up, yeah, we haven't. Yes, his heart is breaking over there. I'm happily married. I'm a happily married man. Well, well come here. Tell us, uh, I suppose, the elephant in the room. How's the knee injury? Um, I know this is probably the most annoying thing for you to hear, and it's it's hard to talk about. But the reality of it is, it was a serious injury. And could you actually talk us through the extent of it? Because it was. Um, you know, one of the one of the one worst knee injuries you could you could get. Um, yeah, so just happened towards the end of the Ulster game. Uh, not sure who it was. Uh, one of the well, I am, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna sling mud. Uh, but anyway, someone went off their feet. Um, I was caught in a kind of in kind of a poaching position and got hit, and my knee basically dislocated back, backwards, so um, 
I knew straight away uh, serious alarm bells. I've had I've had a few knee injuries before. Uh, actually, played against Ulster uh, in a preseason game about three or four years ago, and I got rolled out of a ruck uh, by Big Nick Williams, and I had a bit of a like dislocation as well that time. So you know straight away. But that time I popped back in. This time. I was kind of, it was out straight away and it wasn't back in, so I kind of, I was giving them like a rattle myself to see if I could pop back in. Uh, and then I kind of, I was thinking like it probably isn't the best idea in hindsight. But um, let the physios come on. They popped it back in on the field. Uh, and then uh, I had two of those pipes and it was sweet sailing then for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm grand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, it's actually really funny. Uh, well, kind of funny. Uh, so in the change room afterwards, uh, I remember actually it was the next day. So I was up in my house and I live with uh, Roy Lachlan. Um, and a few of the guys popped over just to say hello. Um, had unbelievable support afterwards just from friends and family, players, everyone like, calling over, sending their well wishes and stuff. Uh, but the guys came over and said, like, oh, like we were chatting away, and it's it very quickly kind of blown out. Like, you kind of move on quickly. I don't want to dwell on it. So we're chatting away, and the lad said, you were so funny yesterday in the changing room. I was like, oh, I wasn't in the changing room. And they're like, they were going on, and I was saying, I got, uh, and I said to them, I got nothing off the pipes, as in, like, I didn't get any <laughs> relief. <or anything. laughs> and they were kind of looking at me like, is, this, is he for real here? And uh, anyway... I, uh, they proceeded to tell me I'd been in the change room for about 20 minutes talking to all the lads and I have no recollection. No way. So I basically got wheeled in and they said I looked like some kind of alien, like white as a ghost, <laughs> just waving, smiling <laughs> to everyone. Get wheeled in, had no, no recollection. And then I went up and uh, all the lads were kind of coming up to me. This is, this is hearsay now, I can't remember this. But um, I had Leo come up to me, and I do remember, I remember this little, like, you know, when you can kind of think back, you can get a little... I, when I said to Leo, this is as good as it gets, and gave him a hug. And I, <laughs> in the, in the, I was, what is going on there? Um, but yeah, I saw him, I saw the next time I gave Le saw Leo again, because the lads told me this, this is as good as it gets. I gave him another hug, and he thought it was funny that time, and I tried to give him a hug there a couple of days ago, and he was like, this is stopping. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, and I've lost your question there. What was, what, what was the extent of the injury then? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the extent of the injury? Much prefer your new dog um, hugging Leo Cullen, though. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I did, I did the ACL and the PCL, so um, I was in for surgery, uh, uh, went in, to, yeah, I, was in, I got it done over in London, um, so I spent a week in hospital after the surgery, um, I was going absolutely crazy by the end of it, and then, uh, yeah, so it's just straight and narrow now, just got, I've got back into rehab uh, in the last uh, week or so, and you know, I'm off the crutches now, I'm starting to move a lot better, so... It's definitely moving in the right direction, um, which is good. Have you a date in mind to get back? Uh, it'll be long. It'll be the guts of a year, you know. Um, it's one of those ones, you know. It's you know, if 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 I had something to rush back for, if I had you know, if the World Cup was at the end of next year, 
I mm. try to get back as quick as I can, but I'm missing that, and that was my <clears throat> that was my big kind of uh, goal. Um, so I'm gonna give all the time it needs, um, make sure my body's right, and uh, we'll go from there. Really. I heard you. Sorry, Timmy. Mad to get in, aren't you? <laughs> I read an article that you uh, you did, and you spoke about injuries before. Is that? It's yours now, man. <laughs> Sorry. New phone, no worries. Um, you spoke about injuries before, and you said uh, something along the lines of, when you come back, you have to just be ready when the opportunity knocks. And, <laughs> I found when I was injured, which was most of my career, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, a lot of doubt would seep in after a while um, when you come back, especially being out for a long time, like a year, um, and you start kind of going, geez, do I know how to play this game anymore? And eventually you get more experience to realize that you're, you're just as good. But I thought that was very interesting that you, you seem to have cracked that out already. That psychological part of it. Yeah. Um... I've just always, I've been like pretty confident player all my life. Um, it's I I find it's really easy for people to take it the wrong way and think you're like a bit arrogant. I've I've heard people say that about me before, but you know like I don't I don't think it's a bad thing to be confident in your ability. I think if you want to be a top top player, you have to be you don't have to be vocal about it. And like I'm not really, but you know if I've given a shot to go play a big game and I'm just back from injury, I'm not gonna. You know, beat around the bush and like pretend I'm nervous when like I just want to get into it. So that's just the type of player I am. That's the type of person I am. Just want to get stuck in as quick as possible. So um, Josh yeah. van der Fleer is another good example of that. Yeah. Come straight back from from injury and man of the match. Mm. Um, it, it seems like a lot of you young fellas just seem to. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit of a Leinster thing where you just pick up on the confidence that the guys a few years older than you, you're kind of absorbing that environment and that culture? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, like, I think the Leinster team, Irish team, is so competitive at the moment. Like, all, all, of, all, the, all the teams across Ireland are so competitive. If you're a young player and you get an opportunity to play and you get one shot and it might be because somebody pulls out in a warm-up or, you know, whatever happens, you really got to, you got to take your shot and put your hand up. It's not like, you know, like if you get a shot to go play for Ireland, you know, like the worst thing you can hear is someone saying, "Oh, you're young, you'll you'll grow into the role. You want it now, and you want to play straight away." So, I think I think you know it's it's not uncommon now for younger players to really kick on through. You look at your James Ryan's and Jordan Larmer, so you literally get one sniff and they're in, and they're they're knocking on the door every week now for the big games. So, um, yeah, I think I think maybe the games evolved a little bit and these young players have a bit of there's, there's you know you, there's a pathway you can do it so I think for the young lads coming through it's definitely definitely something that uh, they aspire to this time last year was obviously an unbelievable season for you come straight in am I right in saying you've never lost an international game yeah that was a bit arrogant the way you answered that <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, oh, let me think. <laughs> Obviously, last year was unbelievable. You kind of stepped up and you led the way. Grand Slam, um, uh, Test Series in Australia, created a bit of history. Does that? Are you kind of are you kind of spoiled now, or or does that just give you a little bit more hunger to push on and achieve more? Um, yeah, it's. 
it's it's not something we really dwell on. Uh, she'd probably know. Um, well, I don't. I don't know any of that. <laughs> 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 uh, It was something long-winded. It was something along the lines of um, how successful last season yeah. was for you and what that means yeah, to you now pushing on. It's pretty hard to emulate uh, a season like last. Um, do you know, but like that's where the bar is kind of set now. So, you know, for me, it's just, it's really tough. Obviously, with the loss against Saracens, uh, not being able to be a part of that and... You know, hopefully, you know, in my mind, I'd like to think I'd make some sort of difference in that, whether that's, you know, that would have happened or not. But it's tough to watch um, the guys last or two weekends ago, even against Munster and this coming week, uh, you know, having done last year, done the Grand Slam into a double um, and then got down to Oz um, and went down there as well. It's like, it doesn't get any better, so... The bar is like really high, and then for me to flip it this year and not play a role in the Six Nations and then uh, get injured and mi- like gonna miss the World Cup is it's pretty tough. It's a tough pill to take, to swallow. Um, so yeah, um, you know that's just where the bar is now. Um, it's I prefer to be like that than kind of be uh, looking forward to make a semi and get knocked out or something. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> two one, two one. I'm a Rangers supporter, not an Ulster supporter. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're doing worse, actually. <laughs> what about last year um, or year before? It would have been. Um, I have memories of you, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think you were twenty fourth man with Ireland, yeah. and there was a team meeting. And um, did you have your headphones on? And Joe gave off to you. Yeah, were you playing? Yeah. I would have been one of the, one of my last chances. Okay. I can't remember how it went. Obviously not that well. Okay. <laughs> is that the French game? If it was the French game, that was my last. <laughs> yeah, it was the French game. Uh, yeah, I actually, uh, I was 24 man, so um, it's kind of a weird headspace to be in. You want to be clued in, but... I've done it plenty of times. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a tough uh, week. I'm not explaining to you. I'm explaining to you. <laughs> so you, you, you want to be, you have to know everything off. You, know, you need to know all your detail inside out and be ready to play. But at the same time, like, you know, it's no, there's no point in getting unbelievably like, fired up for a game that there's like, pretty high possibility you're not going to be involved in at all. But anyway, I was... Um, I was early down to the team room, got strapped. It's actually the first into the team room, waiting for everyone to come. Um, and I had my earphones in, and um, I was just literally sitting in the corner, and everyone started to come in. And uh, we were still a bit early, like we were about five minutes early, but um, I was watching some video of Odell Beckham dressing up as a taxi driver and asking people what they think of Odell Beckham. And... Uh, 
Somebody sat down, I think it was Tig sat down beside me and he'd be the type of person to throw you down the well as well. <laughs> uh, and he literally sat down beside me and didn't say a word when the meeting started. So I just had my earphones in, I was just looking at this video. And then uh, Joe just like screamed at me and said, you need to switch on or something like that. And so I said, thanks Tyke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you explain to him, I'm watching Odell. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute, Joe. No. no. <laughs> like to have heard that explanation uh, any explanation I think we were all kind of whenever that happens everybody kind of <laughs> kind of giggles but it's like a, a, a feared up giggle yeah. where like anybody could make that mistake that could be any of us on the receiving end but then I mean fast forward a year and you were leading the way winning grand slams winning test series maybe that was it maybe that was the spark Probably it's, not. It's an unusual spark. <laughs> what about your mate, uh, James Ryan? Obviously, you and him came, came through the same, same time, same age? No, he's younger. No, he's uh, two or three years younger. Um, uh, went to school together, though? Did you play um, senior cup? Never, no, I was, I, was, um, well, I was in sixth year. He was in third year. Yeah. yeah. So um, Michaels have been leading the way. Yeah. And you've been a part of that. It seems like Michaels have just been filling the Leinster Academy, filling the Leinster team. And once the Leinster team's saturated, then let's find somewhere else. Let's find another province for these guys. It's <laughs> unbelievable reflection on the school, is it not? Yeah, what's the level of professionalism within the school and the, and the rugby setup? Yeah, it's very high. Um, they've been coaches. Um, you know, they train almost like professionals these days. Uh, they have weights before school and, you know, they almost do more training than us potentially uh, it probably wouldn't be the same quality but you know the coaches there are really really good as well um, so yeah it's you know like they're kind of coming into an academy setup where they've, they've almost trained at that for a year or two before they join so they have a big leg up and you know, the guys that have come out of school are bigger and stronger and faster and you know ta more tactically aware and stuff every year so um you see lads like Scott Penny coming straight out of school and coming into Leinster doing a great job. Um, you know, Jack Dunn, all these really good players coming through. Um, so, yeah, you know, credit to the school and the coaching and uh, the system they have there. And for you now, what kind of six months are you like? What, who in Leinster looks after you? What's the stepping stones there? Is it physio, physio, physio? Is it uh, there be psychologists to look after? Is there strength and conditioning? Can you talk us through a little bit of that? It's pretty much everything you uh, just alluded to there. Um, I'll be working, doing a serious amount with the physio. Yeah. Uh, you know the, you know the, the care that you get in Leinster is like top notch. It's you know it's world class. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty spoiled in that regard. Uh, the attention to detail and everything and stuff is brilliant. Um, so I'm pretty spoiled. And then um, you know it's a long it's a long track. So uh, you know keeping mentally fresh and stuff is a big thing. So I'm not sure down the line if I'll get into a few different environments and try and get to learn from. I'm not sure whether it's NFL or you know wherever. Try and get into a few different teams and kind of have a look at them and see if I can bring back anything to Leinster or whatever. Travel over, yeah, is that something yeah, that they yeah. do into, really? Um, it's such a long stint for rehab, do you know, I'd, I'd say I'd go 
you know, bananas if I was in Leinster for a year rehabbing the same team in the same building, the same environment. So um, I think that the plan is to break it up uh, in some capacity and get away to wherever it's Australia or US or wherever and um, try to pick up a few things there and rehab off-site and stuff as well. That's class. Um, yeah, I found when I, when, I, when I was injured, it was a lot of the time you're, you're, you're forced to watch training sometimes <coughs> and it can be counter, uh, counterproductive for players to just sit there and watch. So uh, allowing them to go off and do some a reconnaissance mission for a squad or, or for, I suppose, injured players in general, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe take us with you and then we can do a, a podcast. Talk to Leo. <laughs> Give him another hug. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Listen, Dan, it's been great having you on. Um, you've been an absolute open book. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Dan. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe. Together with Guinness. <laughs> Get him on the show. I think Pat's been taking some of Dan Levy's pipe. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll never know if I meant that or not. <laughs> Dan Levy's been sleeping with Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an hour and we haven't spoken about Game of Thrones, which is quite weird for us. <clears throat> no spoilers. Oh, sh- block your ears. Oh, it's, Jesus. It's, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll be spoiling. <laughs> We'll be spoiling with um, uh, a new um, episode ending, a new soapy EastEnders-y episode ending. Yeah, we thought it could have dragged out for, like, Home and Away, where it's just on every day forever. <laughs> and, like, the dragon comes back and she, she rides past. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been doing backstage. Pat, you're pregnant with the dragon's baby. All right, to talk more Game of Thrones, we uh, are going to look ahead to this Saturday's Guinness Pro 14 final at Celtic Park between Leinster and Glasgow. And to do so, I want you to welcome two players that have done Leinster and Ireland proud over the course of their careers. First up, it's a man with 178 Leinster appearances, 34 Ireland caps, two Six Nations titles, has been a part of four European Cup winning campaigns and has a a few League Winners Medals titles too. It's Fergus McFadden. And joining Ferg on the couch is a player who made her first breakthrough with Ireland's sevens team and has since gone on to help Leinster to Interpro Cup success and play for Ireland in the Six Nations. Please give it up for Megan Williams. 
gehabt. And of course, Dan Levy is back to break the deadlock in case the other two can't give us any Game of Thrones info, which I think is actually a fact. So Dan Levy, Levy ladies and gentlemen. There's definitely a moment there, whenever I no, thought <laughs> Levy's not coming out. <laughs> definitely thought oh. Levy had gone home there for a second. And it, would just, it would just be us talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And these ones listening. You, you don't, you, neither of you watch Game of Thrones? Ferg, one season? I'm on the last season now, episode four. Oh, you're flying So then. please don't ruin it for me. <laughs> please don't ruin it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you were disappointed, to say, to say the least, without uh, spoiling anything? I am, yeah, but I, am I allowed to talk about this? Go ahead. <laughs> Overruled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Earmuffs, Megan and... Emma. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Emma. We'll just cover our ears, Emma. Yeah. Sorry, Emma. Brand's king in the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's toy with them. No, that's, that's pretty spot on, yeah. You could have gone with something more predictable. You really wanted to ruin. You really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. That's the one bit no one mentioned. No one saw that coming. Proud of yourself. She's the, she seems happy, I don't. Really? Yeah, it is. Oh, grand. Okay. Yeah, the earmuffs on. Everybody gets in, yeah. just the temperature. Yeah. Good, Emma. Brand's <laughs> king. <laughs> just to clarify, Brand is the king. We've got a game this weekend. We've got to get to it, and these two have got to get out in the lash. Megan, are you going to join them? Um, who's playing again this weekend? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, there's a big game this weekend. Yeah, is there no ladies rugby, no? Uh, there's no ladies rugby, no. <laughs> Ferg, before we go talk about the weekend. <laughs> Break that up. Hyperventilating. <laughs> Uh, 2007, you came in as a young lad into Leinster, wet behind the ears, I suppose. Uh, how much has changed for you in that 12 years since then? Yeah, geez, a lot. Um, in, in a weird way, obviously, there's different groups every season, so you come across different staff, different players. Um, I mean, for, for me, the, the biggest thing is uh, the game has changed so much in that time in terms of, obviously, lots of rules have changed, but the quality of, of, of the games as well. I remember my first game against Ulster actually was 2008 and uh, Trimby was playing in the game. And he just, like I've seen, I've looked back sometimes at, at clips of that match and it just, it's not quite in black and white, but it feels like the standard <laughs> should be. You know, it, it's just so, it's so much different now. The, sta the standard of defences, the standard of attacks. You saw Sarri's Leinster final. It's just so good. Um, that's probably been the biggest change. I mean, the characters, you, you'd know as well, Barry, the characters in changing rooms. You always come across great ones, and you know it's been 
great for me to, to have gone in, I'd say, 2007 or around 20 or 19 and see the cars at that stage. And they, they've changed to the point that the likes of Dan, James Ryan, Luke McGrath, these younger guys, the banter is, is different, but it's still just as good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been cool to, to, be, to go through the kind of evolution of definitely Leinster's um, you know, rugby over the past 12 years and go through with you know, a group that was successful at that time and then a bit of a barren patch and now this younger crew that I'm kind of clinging on to as an old guy trying to like, you know, get a, the odd game be like, I play too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and just and to see them come through, like the likes of Dan and stuff came through initially, they weren't getting that many opportunities under Matt O'Connor and then they started getting these opportunities from Leo and Stuart and they just kicked on and they've just brought the club to a whole new level so it's just been great to be a part of that I suppose. And the two of you went to World Cup together, I think, was it, or a couple of World Cups? Have you been to? That might, that I was saying to Baz earlier on, that's one of my, whenever I think of, whenever I think of you, Ferg, I think of the World Cup 2011. Again, I know you're a big man for off the pitch, and I think that applied to both of us, because <laughs> we didn't play much rugby, but we had, we had a hell of a World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great World Cup. Didn't we? Yeah. And it was... We were a man uh, of the matches off the pitch a lot of the time, like. <laughs> It was, um, it was that summer when we were at um, Carton House and I got golfer's elbow because I played so much golf. <laughs> <laughs> played zero rugby. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget that game of golf we played in yeah. Queenstown against Paul O'Connell and was it Johnny? I couldn't remember. I was just saying about I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, no, it was Johnny Sexton and Paul O'Connell. So in Queenstown there's this private golf course you could only you know, play on if you get invited to by this I think he was a fashion designer or something, or he owned a clothes shop. A really rich guy from New Zealand, anyway. He invited the Irish rugby team to have a day out there to play golf. And it was a really tight game, and Johnny and Paul are good golfers, and to be fair to Trimby, when he wants to be, he is good as well. So um, the, the game was tight, and I think they were, they were one up going down 18, wasn't it? Or it was, it, might have, was tight, it was all square, actually. It was all square. And uh, we found our ball, and it had, the, like, the worst lie of all time. Shocking, but we're playing, um, you know, every second shot. So I think I hit, hit the drive and Trimby <coughs> hit our team's second shot. And the lads weren't looking at the time and we were like, Here, the, we, we can't lose to these lads. Like, we're never gonna, we're never gonna like, they're never gonna let it go. So we like, we like teed it, we actually put it on a tee. Like, <laughs> the most beautiful lie ever. And Trimby smashes this four iron within like 10 feet. And we beat the lads, and O'Connell was like sick for days. Like, <laughs> the worst loser of all time. Yeah. Because O'Connell and Johnny, they're probably two of the best golfers in the squad, mm. and two of the most serious guys. Like, and two were, of the worst losers. Yeah, they were up for it. There was never a sweeter win. <laughs> yeah, it, it still tasted sweet. <laughs> Ireland beat Australia then two weeks later and still that didn't taste as sweet. <laughs> um, Megan, what's this? You had a... This isn't the first time you met Pat. No, I've met him a few times. I used to actually do a lot of blogs for Sports Show around um, the Rugby Sevens when I was part of the team then. But I'm talking about the time <laughs> he tap-tackled you. <laughs> to the ground. To the it, ground. In a car park. <laughs> in a car park. I think it was actually like a week before I was supposed to go to China. That happened, yeah. Like a really big competition. And we were doing like uh, blog posts and it was, 
you know, tips with Megan Williams to be, uh, to be a rugby player, whatever it was. And we were doing like a video outside. And then all the staff members was watching as well. And I was like, oh God, Megan, everyone is watching now. I have to put on a show and do a good sidestep because it's going to be filmed. And he was like standing there. He was supposed to be the defender. And I went for it, like full pelt. And he just like completely put his foot out, tap tackled me. And I went flying. <laughs> I had grazes all up my knees and my legs. My coaches were like, Megan, what has happened to you? And I was like, wait till you see on Sports Show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah. were like, please don't tell your coaches. <laughs> she that's, had... That's, that's, really that's, that's a solid part, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it just... Yeah. It was instinct kicked in, and I just couldn't... Uh, she embarrassed me once or twice. I was like, I'm not having this again. Yeah. I actually haven't on the gone ground. back to Sports Show since then. Like, it costs a lot of money to get me here tonight. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Megan, you yeah. had an unusual route um, to become a Leinster and Ireland player. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I originally started, I'm from the UK, um, my dad's Irish and my grandparents are Irish. Are you a Rangers supporter? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the Rangers are. <laughs> Sorry. Yay! <laughs> I don't, know why. I don't know why I keep bringing this up. <laughs> Sorry, Megan, go on. Um, but yeah, so I originally used to play for the London Irish Exiles, and it was about six years ago, I was scouted by the Irish coach at the time, and they asked me to come over to play um, on like a trial basis. And at the time, I was working abroad, and I was kind of being a holiday rep. Um, but like a good one, like. <laughs> uh, is it the ones that like dragging off the streets to go on the piss in the public? <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Shots, like... yellow shots. <laughs> so like it was a real big transition for me. Um, so I got the opportunity to come play, and then I got offered a full-time um, scholarship. I was one of the first um, Irish women um, ladies to be offered a full-time contract to play sevens. So oh. I was really lucky that we were kind of. Um, our goal was to go towards the um, Olympics. Um, unfortunately, we didn't qualify for that year, um, but I had the best four and a half years with them playing professionally, and it was brilliant. And in the last two seasons, I've been playing um, for the 15 squads for the Six Nations. Unreal. Um, what? what? <laughs> Thanks. Outside of rugby, then, you're a personal trainer as well? Um, so outside of rugby, yeah, I own. Um, I started my company called Move Energize Glow um, about two and a half years ago. So I run like health and fitness retreats and classes and pop up events. Um, outside of that as well, I'm also a PE teacher. So I work at a school, and my main job is at the moment is to work as um, the fitness and activities coordinator in Ballyfermot. I run um, activities for the kids in the area to kind of build the community and get more girls actively involved in sports and fitness. Um, <laughs> a lot of cops today. So, yeah, like, super passionate about it. Like, my, my main role now as well, like, aside of playing, like, I'm really into um, getting more girls involved in sports because there's a massive dropout when they get to about 12, 13, uh, especially in rugby, so it's really... Fair <laughs> play. You're busy, so. Busy, yeah. <laughs> so make sure you write that down. Move, energize, glow. <laughs> no, this is, this is no word of a lie. We are backstage before. So when Dan went off and with the three of us are backstage before we came back out, 
She genuinely tried to sell us stuff from this. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. What was it? No, yeah. It actually, I've yeah. always thought it was. She was saying, use her discount code. She gets, <laughs> she gets a commission off it. And she was trying to actually make us take out her no, phone. No, because he's, he's, <laughs> sick, he's sick. He has a cold at the moment. So I was just giving him some advice about some multivitamins that he could purchase. What? Well, always then, on the job. Huh? Yeah. So you were, you were helping him out, but you were, like, you were making a bit of coin. <laughs> More importantly, you were trying to run a no, business. No, no, Shopping herself. <laughs> uh, do you ever see, like, potentially, do you ever see a professional women's team in Ireland? Will I see one? Yeah. Do you think uh, it's, it's something like, is it a pipe dream, or is it something because, obviously, English girls have gone professional, and will that always be, will we always be playing catch-up? Yeah, it's really difficult because I just played in the last Six Nations and we did my first game back after injury was playing against England. And as you know, the scoreboard, it was, it, we got beaten really badly, unfortunately. And my confidence definitely took a massive knock because the difference between us as an amateur team and to England as a professional side who've been playing together the last year professionally was so big. The gap still so big in women's in, in women's squad. So I'd love to see the, the gap to close over the next few months, but I don't think, I think it's, we are going to still be playing catch up um, with the likes of England, New Zealand, Australia, who are going professional. Um, but saying that, the talent and the players that we have at such a young age in Ireland for girls rugby as well, it's absolutely phenomenal. So it's great to see that there's girls who, like myself, are in the older side of the squad, who's, who's going into schools, going into teams to develop them and encourage them to play for their clubs and play and show them there is a dream to go play for Ireland because like, it's definitely not out of their reach for us to go professional. Um, for me, coming from sevens as well was a great opportunity that was professional and I was being paid to play. And the girls who are in the setup at the moment are progressing really, really well. And it was only recently in the last um, tournament in, in Canada that they came fourth in the world out of 14 teams, which is absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. So it definitely, it's definitely an island's reach to go professional. So it's just the backing of, of everyone behind us would be yeah. great, you know? Yeah, no fair play, I think. <laughs> What I love about the women's provincial teams in Ireland is the interprovincial cup and the emphasis that they put on that. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about potentially doing that with the with the men's um, provinces that to make it something a little bit more to play for. Um, Ferg, have you noticed that drop off? I know it's I know it's thrown around a lot that there's not even that players aren't up for it, but there's a little bit less of an emphasis put on the, the big interprovincial games like the one we had a few weeks ago where uh, Munster played Connacht and, and Leinster played Ulster in the, the second last game of the Pro 14. It was a little bit undercooked or whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, well, I think the teams that were out weren't full sides, but like the both sets of players were massively up for it. I think uh, around a year, I think it was a year ago or a year or two ago, I think there was a couple of pundits, I won't mention their names, were implying that there's been a drop-off in, say, the rivalry between Munster and Leinster, mm. but then you saw Christmas, what happened down in Toma Park, Munster beat Leinster, like it was fireworks, you know, there was a lot of, <laughs> well, there was a lot of passion shown from the players, because it means so much when you're playing, you're playing against mates on the other team, and you never want your mate to lose against your mates, do you know what I mean, and then obviously there's the rivalry between the fans, and it's a bit of a, 
pressure cooker environment and all the rest. And I think this year has shown, like, and you can, I don't, I disagree with it, certainly from a player's perspective going into that Ulster game. That was actually a dead rubber for both teams yeah. in terms of Ulster had a home semi. We also had, or sorry, Ulster had a semi. We had a home semi. And it just. <laughs> is that incorrect? Semi. Sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> but in terms of league standings, yeah, Monster and Connacht were the same. They less to play for, like both of them had qualified. Yeah, so they yeah. were dead rubber matches, which doesn't help. But I think I didn't actually see the, the Monster Connacht match. But from the the Ulster Leinster one, it mean, meant an awful lot. I mean, one thing that was talked about in our changing was there was a couple of players there that were leaving our setup that won't be seen again. You know, Nick McCarthy and Noel Reed, these guys um, who were all who were, were so tight with them. We, you know potentially their last game for the club in, in a Leinster jersey, we wanted to try and win the game. So it, it, it did have a lot on the line for us. So, I mean, for me, the interprovincial derbies are, are as good as they've ever been. My first one was in 2009, then, then in Thomond. Um, I think we beat you for the first time in a long time. And it's never changed for me playing in them. It's always been... I mean, we played against <laughs> each other in them and um, never, you, you never held back, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trimby's no. gas, like I remember like in camp <laughs> in camp when I first met Trimby, I'd be like, um, like this guy is such a gent, like he's you know, walking around, everyone loves him, placid guy, he's got this Bible under his arm at rosary beads. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind, that's kind, that's kind. Then you that's then it. you get in the pitch and he's this monster, he like turns into this monster who's like pulling at you and dragging at you, trying to trip you up and screaming at you like We always you know. had um, it was either with you or with, with Johnny. We always had these scuffles that like, if you ever like collided, even if the ball's gone, it it's it's like you're so we're always so proud that I want to get the first, the last. I want to be up first yeah, and him yeah. to be last and like just push it. It's it's so childish. <laughs> <laughs> but still I, I could never leave it and I always got the impression you can never leave it either. No. No. But I love it though, to be honest. Who 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 are you gonna who do you scuffle with now? Because <laughs> the closest thing <laughs> Colin, Get him out, please. <laughs> He's really intoxicated, Jamie. Uh, I don't really scuffle with anyone in particular. Um, I can think off the top of my head. Uh, that's fine. I think, I think you ruined that a little bit there. No. <laughs> Yeah, the end of pros, um, like that, that one in Belfast, you get the opportunity to, not, not that one specifically, I suppose, but likes of Keelan Doris or Scott Penny or Marcus, uh, Marcus Ray came through in that game, man of the match. You know, I think the end of pro games are starting to become a little bit less of maybe the commercial spectacle for someone who's not as into rugby, but it's more of a purist. Yeah. If you like these young fellas coming through, seeing guys progress, whereas... Maybe the corporate the guys in the corporate box are the guys you want to see Sexton versus Best. Yeah, true. You know? But um, like that game at, at Kingspan, I thought was again a lot of names you wouldn't be used to. Um, but the intensity was through the roof. I thought. Yeah, like I thought there wasn't a drop off in the atmosphere from the crowd when I've previously been to Ravenhill and to Kingspan. You know, I think that the crowd was so into it, and there was actually almost a full house. So you can say what you want about the two teams that were put out, but in terms of the atmosphere and the effort put in from the players, I think, 
you know, I think the, the rivalries run deep from all four provinces, and in my opinion, when we played in these days, it's, it's right up there from where it was. Yeah. Fair. Uh, looking ahead to the, to the weekend then, uh, Dan, what do you think uh, Leinster can expect from Glasgow? Who have they, who they got to be on their toes to watch? Um, Glasgow obviously had a very convincing win over Ulster. Um, they played a serious attack. <laughs> uh, now they've got like, some serious ball players, your man um, Hastings at 10 and then Stuart Hogg. And, you know, they've, they're, um, they're a seriously attack-minded team. Uh, I, think, I think they kind of beat Ulster up a little bit. And when Ulster played Leinster in the Viva, what was, uh, which is pretty apparent to me uh, before I got dusted, uh, was you know, the intensity that they brought and you know, their physicality was incredible. Um, it's probably a notch above where they'd played for most of the rest of the season. But you know, if, they, if they showed up like that and played Glasgow like that, I think it would have been a completely different story. So um, it's, going to be, it's going to come down to who wins that kind of physical battle, as it, it usually always does in rugby. Mm. But I think if Leinster can stop that momentum game that Glasgow have, I think they will force offloads and they will um, try maybe play at a, a fanatic enough pace. And you know, sometimes that can be brilliant and sometimes that can, you, know, you can get incredible scores from it, but it also can be costly and put you in compromising positions. Uh, you'd be travelling over to it, you said, for the day, the on Saturday? Saturday Park? Yeah. Yeah, we will. Um, we'll you will as well, Dan, won't you? Where are you? <laughs> Thanks for uh, bringing that up. He's <laughs> going to the NFL, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll see um, you from Atlanta. <laughs> do you uh, travel home that night then, and is it a... Yeah, we will. We're literally, we go over that morning and back that night, so... <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, kind of what we did in in Newcastle. So um, the players will will leave tomorrow. That are playing in the match with the staff, yeah. and then we all travel back together on, on the Saturday. So um, yeah, so, I mean, as as from the guy from guys' perspective that aren't playing like me and and others, um, like you're just trying to prepare the team as best as possible. Really, you know, as the opposition. So as as Glasgow during the week and. Um, it's kind of a funny end to the season because like half the squad is actually gone for the last two days and we're we're kind of in as the extra guys but uh you know please god we can win over there i mean you couldn't really tee up a better final glasgow in glasgow leinster and celtic park and um, mm. you know it should be a really amazing occasion so please god we can finish with the trophy yeah yeah This is your new uh, co-host for, for next season. <laughs> good question. <laughs> His name is Barney. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. Need to get this guy, Mike. He's been asking much better questions. <laughs> <laughs> How would you shut him down? In my opinion, um, just make sure you don't kick loose, loosely to him. Um, you know, if, if you kick the ball, make you know, out of hand, make sure it's either contestable or you're kicking it off the field. If you kick it loosely to him, you know, he's one of the best broken field runners in the world. So taking that away from him, really. And, uh, you know, he's a quality player. Um, you know, I've no doubt he'll get his moments at the weekend. And you just hope that, um, 
our defence will be good enough to shut the, the threats like him down, I suppose, on the day? There, there certainly seems to be... Uh, for me, I've almost enjoyed the, the Guinness Pro 14 more this year than the Champions Cup. There's, a, there's such a desire to win it. For, uh, now, the certainly wasn't there when I was playing. Um, and these fin- I think you're right, these finals are massive now. Like that, I'm looking forward to this game almost more than I was... Uh, the Saracens won for some reason. I think maybe it's the way Glasgow played last weekend or something. But um, and the fact that Leinster have something really to fight for now. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to expect an end-to-end game. I'd hope both sides will go out and try and win it. Um, and then I suppose it's holiday time for you then. Not for you, Dan. <laughs> 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 Shit. Uh, holiday time for you, Ferg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. It's a holiday home for all the, the um, Leinster guys. And I think the, the guys who are going to camp are on a different uh, on a different holiday structure. But um, we'll all be we'll all be off on a well-deserved break from a long year. Like you know, at the start of the year, we set out goals about what we want to do. And we, if our season didn't didn't finish it on the 25th of May, you know, obviously we want to win the trophy after. But you know, that would obviously be massively disappointing so for the season to have gone on as long as it possibly could that's the aim we've gotten there we can win a trophy then we'll enjoy our holidays but yeah there'll be lads scattered off in different directions obviously young single guys going off for a bit of fun I'm married with a kid so um, <laughs> so you've a little Liverpool fan in the making yeah little, yeah, young yeah. Lad, yeah. little baby boy who doesn't really have a choice at the moment he supports <laughs> Uh, but I've thrown him in a Liverpool jersey for the meantime so he can't change his mind for a while he's got something to look forward to yeah, well, hope, yeah, the Champions League final. Yeah, he doesn't really. Know, he's he's not even won. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have him kitted out anyway. Though. It's like, hey, do you not know the Champions League final is on there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's great. Listen, thanks a lot for coming on, folks. Uh, Dan, Megan, Ferg, that was great. Really enjoyed that. Take it easy. <laughs> Thank it's you. Got, it's gone weird again. We're, we're going to do, uh, we're gonna, before we finish up though, um, did anybody enter the competition that Pat um, outlined at the start? Oh, yes. That worked, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, before we finish up, we're going to, um, thanks to everyone for coming down. Thanks for tweeting and sharing. Hashtag, shush, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tweeting and sharing. Hashtag, House of Rugby Live, pictures all night. Pat has picked a winner for a big prize. Yes, uh, yes I have. <laughs> um, just wanted to say thanks everybody for, for like, sending photos in and tweeting and, and, and stuff like that as well. But um, there's a couple of things trending. Trimby's arms again, they're saying they're delighted that you found a long sleeve jersey long enough to Roll fit your arms. And your socks were getting some grief as well. Yeah. Aww. That's fair enough. No, no, the grief's fair enough. And then there is another one. That it's Game of Thrones reference as well, but it is kind of, there's a good few of them coming in tonight. It's um, Dan the Broken. Oh. Oh, I like that. Very good. First of his name. Very creative. Very good. Um, but yeah, so the, the prize is, uh, tonight will come down at the end and we'll sort you out with it. Uh, we're giving it to Neve Faller. She's up on the balcony there somewhere. So. Well done, Neve. Right. Do you have a good night? Yeah. Uh, well, a massive thank you to our three guests, to Fergus McFadden, to Megan Williams, and to Dan Levy. <laughs> Thank
Thanks to everyone who's involved in putting tonight's show together. Uh, thanks to everyone at Liberty Hall for being so welcoming and for having us here tonight. Uh, don't forget to leave your comments and questions and to subscribe if you haven't done so. Uh, this has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.